Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the water cooler. We're just a statistically average sports podcast. My name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always, it's me, it's me, it's Lukey C. I'm here. I'm ready to talk some sports. What are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, so today we are doing our 2019 2020 uh, NBA preview. Uh, you know, it's exciting time. Uh, we're recording this um, a couple days before we launch, as always. But uh, we will be putting this out the day the NBA season opens. It opens on Tuesday. The preseason's just wrapping up. It's an exciting time. Uh, you know, the dynasty of, of the Warriors is over. Uh, there's teams that, uh, there's just more good teams, more teams with 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 opportunities to uh you know surprise or very uh, deep. Yeah, you know, it's just it's a deeper league. The talent is more dispersed and it just makes things more exciting. Uh so, you know, if you didn't listen to our 2019 NBA preview, we really sort of highlighted or excuse me, our 2019 NBA off-season review, we really highlighted um you know, our excitement for, for the upcoming season. So before we get into our predictions, we're going to talk about, um, you know, we're going to stick true to the format that we've been doing with some of our other season previews, our college football and our NFL season previews that before we get into our predictions, we're going to talk about, um, you know, some, some, some topics that, the talking heads on our favorite television platforms, uh, favorite radio platforms, some of the some of the issues that they're discussing. So the first one I want to talk about is this concept of, you know, teams in L.A. and New York. Is the NBA better with sure. the teams in the NBA in are in the in New York and L.A. being good? And do you think behind the scenes? that the NBA pushes for that. I think the ultimate question here is, do you think the NBA likes their their premier city teams to be good, or do you think they have a preference for maybe the mid-market teams um, you know, being better? I mean, I think when you talk about it from a league standpoint, I mean, this is a good good time right now because the, you know, the Bucks are, you know, a, a, a top four contender for the for the title. Yeah. And I guess if you're the league, do you want New York in the finals or do you want Milwaukee? I mean, you obviously you always want that bigger market. It's just more money. It's just how it works. Yeah. Um, but then again, you get in a situation where you have uh, teams like like um, like Cleveland when they had that run with the Warriors there, where it was four years, four consecutive years. I don't think the league minds that. I think that that's that's good, especially when it's the whole storyline was basically how can the entire league team up to beat LeBron James? And it was LeBron James versus these four guys, three, and then they added a fourth. And I think that uh, from a league standpoint, that you, you definitely want those bigger markets, but they always figure out a way to get a storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I, I, 
my, my, my take on it is this. I, you know, the, the TV contracts are already sort of solidified and set in stone. So I'm not necessarily sure that the NBA, where I think the NBA flourishes is in negotiations for the upcoming contracts. And I think when they get um, higher viewership from middle market teams, from middle market America, it helps with their negotiations with the major networks. I, I have a sense that, you know... Well, yeah, more eyes is always better. Yeah, but, but my point is, you know, with the Nets being good, the Clippers being good... I don't know necessarily, you know, 30 to 40% of the of the population in New York and LA probably watches basketball regardless. Yeah, I agree. Right? When the Cavs are good, 80% of Cleveland watches. It's an excellent point. You know, 80 per, how many people you think are watching basketball in Oklahoma City this year? Right? Probably the same as people watching in Cleveland. Right? <laughs> so my my point is I I think from from I, I think we need to look at it from from a different lens. I think the 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 NBA likes the the larger market teams being good because it brings more attention to the league in the present. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at sort of long term the the cyclical nature of the business and TV contracts and things like that, I don't know necessarily if it helps. So I mean, I could be completely wrong, and you know, on the on our next NBA episode, we'll maybe get the commission David, you know, Silver on here. We're efforting. <laughs> yeah, we're efforting, and maybe. <laughs> Maybe we can get his take on that. But that's sort of my um I don't think you're wrong, scope. but I also think that and this is pretty this is pretty much half baked idea. It just hit me just right now. When you have a mid market team, especially in a league like the NBA, it's most likely be- that's that's successful. It's most likely because they have a superstar like oh, a Giannis yeah. or uh through the LeBron. draft. Yeah. And it's a guy that you're able to market. So, you know, I'll, like we said, more eyes is always better, um, but I don't think that they're like necessarily pushing for that. I don't think there's I, like the frozen envelope theory. I don't yeah. buy any of that stuff. No. Ne- I mean, ne- neither do I necessarily. Um, I think there's probably a case to be made either way. You know, especially beyond TV, when you get into like apparel sales and for sure, just overall attendance. Mm-hmm. You know, attendance at the games. They're already having a hard enough time getting people to to come to these games. You know, the Cavs, they're not selling out any games this year. Oklahoma City, I keep going back to, to those two teams, but I think those are the ones where where you've seen sort of high viewership, Phoenix high attendance. No, Phoenix is not. So the next the next topic I want to talk about is this it's just becoming a bigger storyline <laughs> is this load management piece. It's a cool term that LeBron coined it's i'll tell you well let me let me finish my finish my thought here for for years it was viewed as negative right Mm -hmm. when san antonio would come into town and they'd sit all their stars or lebron travel right you know it it was viewed as as a negative but last year Kawhi leonard only played 60 games or whatever and then was rested and healthy and obviously we saw what he did uh, in the NBA Finals and throughout the playoffs. I mean, obviously, injuries certainly 
played a, a, a contributing factor into into Toronto um, winning that series. And if you haven't listened, uh-uh. if you haven't listened to our most overrated, most underrated episode, we actually talked about that at, at length about you know where Toronto ranked in the in the in the. The, the the hierarchy of NBA team championship uh, level teams over the last twenty years, but you know, let's talk about load management. Let's talk about how you feel. Let's talk about what you think. You know, just general feelings, and then potentially, do you think it's going to continue to trend higher, or do you think the teams are going to play their stars more? Now, I know we 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 use this mostly with with the NFL. It's a copycat league, but I think that. You know, most of that stuff, basically, it comes from a team sees one team be successful doing something, and they want to mimic it. Um, And I think that you're seeing that now with this quote-unquote load management. So I think it's going that way for sure, that that more teams are going to start resting stars. And I know that uh, Budenholzer specifically had talked about trying to keep Giannis rested during the offseason because he just wants to go 100% all the time yeah. like he's just that kind of that kind of guy and he's but you know, he's, he's like still young he's like 24 yeah he's still young so he's got that energy but it's like you need you need to be especially for him because like everything that they do is predicated on him so like he needs to be ready to go in june you know like he needs to be hitting peak in june not running at peak from june to june if that makes sense yeah no i, I get it look i'm not a fan of it i'm certainly not a fan of it when uh, teams sit their superstars on the road. Uh, to me, if you want to manage the load of your players, do it at home. Um, you know, there's kids in where those people in, have the opportunity. To yeah, see there's them. kids in Middle America that you know they only get one opportunity to see LeBron and maybe their whole life. I get it. They're excited. They get tickets to this game, and then you know, I get two it, hours before tip off, they find out that LeBron's you know sitting because. Um, you know, the team's worried about, you know, a game four months down the road. Now, granted, I mean, most most casual fans aren't going to do this, but you can look at the schedule and pretty much pick the games that you know guys are going to rest. You know, later in the season, like with Kawhi, and he was coming off an injury, but like, I don't think he played any back-to-backs, like none. So, like, you can pick those ones out. You know, you get those stretches where they're playing five games in eight days. Like, you can, you can pick out a game or here or there, but... I also don't. I'm, not, I'm just not going to fault the team for doing what's best for their organization, um, and I think that, I mean, obviously, as we saw, like we saw with Kawhi when in uh, that Sixer series. I mean, like that dude was gassed at the end of those games, yeah. and he only played sixty. You yeah. know, so I think that the amount of uh, energy that you expend to, to win a title, like it, it's just it takes a whole other level. And I've, Richard Jefferson has talked about this. He's like. You think he, like it takes this level, he's like, but then you get there and you're like, okay, it's not this, it's it's even it's more, even and then it's even higher than that. Yeah. So it, it, it's like those things need to be done during the season to maintain for the playoffs. So like I'm I'm just not going to fault a team that does that, and and I I I also understand the other side of the argument. Yeah. Um, but I just I I it just doesn't bother me. Keeping your fans happy is obviously just as important as 
And we say it all the time on this podcast, like it's a business, you know, yeah. it is a, it is a business and yeah. you, sh- you need to take the, the, the customers into, yeah. into account. But the product on the court certainly needs to be taken into consideration too, especially yeah. at the highest levels. Yeah. So, so we'll save that for our, for our Adam Silver um, segment as well. With that, let's get into our thoughts, our predictions, our feelings on the 2019-2020 NBA season. We'll start first with uh, teams that we anticipate to be the most improved and the teams that we anticipate to be, you know, the least improved, the worst, you know, the, the biggest slide. Yeah. So let's start first with the team that we feel will be the most improved. And... Uh I think like there's one that's pretty glaring, in my opinion, and I think it's the Chicago Bulls. Really? Yeah, I think that they went. Uh, let's see here, 22 and 60 last year. Yeah. I I think that um, I think that they're uh, in that range to win. You know, 35 games. And that's a pretty big jump. You know, that I, 13 I, I, games. Yeah, and 35 might even get you an eight in the in the East. It, yeah, the the East is. <laughs> but um. I don't have their exact overrunner, but I'm pretty sure it's it's around um, it's around that 35. But uh, I just like what they did. You know, I, I think Levine's you know getting healthy. Dude's got some bounce. So I like Markinen. Uh, Wendell Carter will be healthy. I just I just kind of like Chicago's over under is 33 and a half. Okay, so I'd, I'd be comfortable taking that over. Okay. For me, there was two that really came to mind. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans went 33 and 49 last year. We talked about, we both really liked what they did in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they can get to the 45 range, which would be a 12 game improvement. Um, but they weren't the one that I picked. The team that I picked also went 33 and 49 in 2018, and it's it's the Dallas Mavericks. And I think they're going to get to the 48 to 50 win territory. I think they have, you know, it's a good young team with top end talent and depth. I think Luka Doncic is a is a star. Porzingis is when he's healthy is is a star. He's the, he is the unicorn. So I like Dallas to make a 15 to. 17 win jump. I think they're really going to make a difference. What did you say their over under was? Dallas's? Yeah. Uh, I don't. Oh, my bad. Well, it's I, it's right here. I got it. It's 40 and a half. So I think they're going to exceed their over under by seven, seven to 10 games. So you're um, you're pretty bullish on Dallas. I, I love Luca. I mean, he is so fun to watch. Yeah. And um, Porzingis is a great ad there. They have, they just have a lot of they have a lot of backcourt depth. Tim Hardaway Jr. They got Dwight Powell. They got you know Courtney Lee. They have they have a lot of guys. I was looking at their roster and I meant to jot down, but they're just a team that I think is going to be able to fly under the radar the first half of the season. They just they remind me a lot of um, you know sort of the that Mavericks team, the first iteration with Dirk and Steve Nash. You know, they were a team that nobody really expected. They kind of came out of nowhere, and, and they were good for several years. And I think that's sort of the same uh, formula that they're building now. I like it. Let's talk about the biggest slide. And, I, I, I mean, you want me to already tell you who I think you're going to pick? I mean, you know who I'm picking. <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's, it's the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um, they lost their two best players from their team are, are gone. KD is now in uh, – Brooklyn 
and Clay Thompson is out to at least they've already ruled him out until March. Yep. Um, and he is their second best player. Their third best player is overweight until March till he hit that playoff. I would argue that their third best player may actually be who? Um, old boy from that they signed from the Nets. Uh, the the point guard, the kid that went to Ohio State. I can't I can't think of his <laughs> name right now. Oh, D'Lo. Yeah, yeah. He might be their third best player. Uh, I've been watching some of their games in preseason. He's he's been gunning. <laughs> he's he's fitting in very well with that team. I have some preseason takes on <laughs> on the Warriors, but I think uh, they fifty eight and twenty four last year. And obviously, I'm joking about losing all their best players. I mean, Steph Curry's their best player, uh, but um, he's still there. I do think that the MVP talk for Steph is a little overrated, and we'll get into that. Um, Man, this is going to be a fun episode. He's he they're 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 going to backslide. So fifty eight and twenty four. Um, I'm not exactly sure what their over under is, but I do know they have the fourth highest. Uh, let's see, their over under is forty eight and a half. So they have the six best odds to win the uh, to win the championship. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. And what was it forty? 48 and a half. They have a championship pedigree. Yeah, that, I'm comfortably under there. Uh, they're going to lose at least 13 games more. So I'm, 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 they're in that 45 range for me. We have an awards segment later on, and I did not pick put Coach of the Year in that. But I think Steve Kerr really has an opportunity to win Coach of the Year this year just because of all the challenges that you've put forth. And if they're able to, you know, make the playoffs – and perform, which they will make the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. I think they they really have a chance. Anything? Any other hate you want to spew towards? There's no hate There's towards no that hate. franchise. I'm spitting facts. It's just facts. So I actually had Golden State as my honorable mention <laughs> as the team for the biggest slide. But look, Oklahoma City won 49 games last year. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna be in that 30 or lower range. They're gonna be not comfortably. 19 to 20 games at a minimum lower. I don't even think that there's going to be a team that comes close to the type of slide uh, that they're going to have. Uh, you know, it's just going to be a tough season for them. That that organization is is probably still reeling from, from the offseason that they just experienced. That, that team's probably, you know, they're probably sitting there trying to find out roles for players. There's just not a lot of talent. Chris Paul's you know, certainly on the back nine, if not. <laughs> he's teed off on 18. Yeah, I mean, he's on 18. The fan base isn't going isn't gonna to come out and support that team. Uh, they may There's come some nostalgia out. there with, with CP3, though, a little bit. Because from the, the Look, couple years that I get he spent it. there. I get it. But to me, 49, that that you know, it. they're going to be in the high, you know, 30 or lower. So, to me, there's without a doubt, they're going to have probably the biggest slide. Yeah, that one, that that's, that's a probably... Pretty good. Uh, you picked that one pretty good. Is that a compliment? Yeah. Did, uh, that, did you not get? Did, did it that, hurt? Not, did not ring through? Did it hurt? Did it, did not, it hurt did it to do that? <laughs> so let's let's do over unders. We'll start with records, then we'll get into some of the player over unders. We did this with our NFL uh, preview, but we're going to start with records. These over unders are current as of November, or excuse me, October fifteenth. So we're, what, five days old? Mm-hmm. We'll start first with the Clippers. Let's just get right into it. 53 and a half. Um, I like the over. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to be a team that presses it for 60 just because, as we talked about, this load management. Yeah. Um, 
Paul George is a guy that has a, a, a history of injuries, and he's coming off a shoulder surgery. Yeah. I think he tore his rotator cuff yep. or something, something weird for a basketball player. But it was something like that. Um, and then obviously Kawhi, who is just – he's never going to play – 70 games. It's just not. I think the load management for him is going to be less extreme this year. He was coming off of a major injury from the year before in San Antonio. I, I know, but I, I also don't think it's going to be any different. I think he's going to be a guy that just. 60 games? Yeah, 60, 65 games maybe. Yeah. I just don't see him playing anywhere close to 80. And I think that, uh, but I'll, I'll go with the over there. Yep. I, I just think that their secondary depth is just too much that. You know they're not going to need those guys to win a lot of those games. They're a deep team. I have and they'll the, probably stagger it too, where you're you're not you're right. going to get a healthy dose. You're not going to have nights a ton Neither of nights player. where yeah, where Paul George and, yeah. and Kawhi are both. No, are. I agree. I, I took the over as well. I have them in the 56 to 57 game range, um, which you know the Warriors had the best record in the league last year, did they? Or was it Milwaukee? Milwaukee won sixty. Yeah, but you know, the actually, in Toronto had Toronto was fifty-eight twenty-four. I misspoke earlier. Golden State was fifty-seven twenty-four. So the Warriors won fifty-seven games last year. I, I feel like the Clippers will be in that range. Yeah, I think that's. I, I agree. Let's go with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Thirty-four and a half. So twenty-nine and fifty-three last year. Trey caught fire at the end and obviously made that Rookie of the Year race pretty close there with uh, with Luca. <sighs> I'm I'm gonna go over. It's a weak conference. Uh, although I, I I don't love their draft. I hated <laughs> which I loved their draft. I hated DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. I just I I love they them. had a plan. They had a specific plan and they they went and executed it. I just don't I just don't like it. But I'll go um oh shit. I'm, I'm, gonna go, I'm going under. Under You're going under. I'm going under. So you just flip flop. I did. I'm it's going good. under. It's good. Um, I did flip flop. I'm going over. I think they win 40 games. Wow. Um, okay. You know, I think that uh, that's a team that is starting to. So you're gonna have them right there. They have a little bit of an identity. I, I think now everything's gonna run through Trey. Uh, I think DeAndre Hunter. Look, he's not Kawhi Leonard. Okay. But I think they're gonna try to play him in that what role. Was that the Chauncey Billups call? <laughs> right. I think they're gonna play him in that role. I think. If anybody listened to our off-season uh, review, you know my feelings on Cam Reddish. I think he will have a good, good season. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. So I think forty games is ideal. Hey, I hope he does. I hope they. I hope they're all good. I hope everyone that gets drafted is good, especially DG. Uh, the Warriors, forty-eight and a half. Um, as I stated earlier, comfortably under. Comfortably under. I have them under as well, but I think it's just barely. I think they're in the 46 to 47 win range. So basically, I think they they win 10 less games than they did last year. That's where, that's where I'm at. I think I said earlier 13, so yeah. Rockets, 53 and a half. Uh, first time I'm hearing this, and they were 53 and 29 last year. 53 and a half, and I think that they got worse. I'm easily going under. I'm going under. I have them at 50. Look, they're still going to win games. I mean, their formula is going to work. There's going to be nights when they look absolutely terrible, and then there's going to be nights when they score like 140 points. Yeah, and uh, Russ and... um Russ and Harden will have about eighty-eight of those. Right, <laughs> right. But I, I mean, there's just going to be nights when they're when they're hitting for sure. That that they're just. I think 
all things held constant, if if there's no defense being played on either side and, and, and both teams are on fire, I think Houston probably has the firepower to take out any team in the league. Oh, but do you hear about uh, Green's injury? That's pretty significant. I think he's out four or five months. You're talking about Gerald Green? Yeah. He's not a huge... I think he is now. I think he is... He was a pretty important piece, uh, rotational piece for them. Yeah, but I mean, like they still have Eric Gordon. They still have, they still have PJ Tucker. Yeah, I mean that team. They still have Capella, right? Yeah, I mean that team is that team is gonna be strong. Nuggets, fifty two and a half. Uh, I'll go over. Um, <clears throat> I think they're gonna be right up the top of the Western Conference. Um, Jokic is just a machine, uh, a dad bod machine. He's just unbelievably good. Um, and I do like, uh, I do like a lot of the rest of their pieces. Yeah. Um, Murray, mm-hmm. um, the kid from, um, Michigan state, Gary Harris. Yeah. They, they have, they have a really good team. They're fun to play with in 2k. Um, <laughs> I have them over as well. I have them at 55 wins. So I think, you know, look, I got the Clippers at, 56, 57. I have the Nuggets at 55. I think they're going to be right there. Barton. Um, yeah, Will Barton. He's sort of instant offense, microwave off the bench. He's their sixth man. So I, I like their team. The Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. The fighting Kyrie Irvings. 43 and a half. Him and Spencer Dinwiddie. 43 and a half. Him and Spencer Dinwiddie. And don't forget... Uh, American sweetheart from, Joe Harris. They got Joe, and they got they got Karis Levert. He, you know, he had a gruesome injury last year, but he came back. He's a good player. And I heard I heard Woj say uh, last week that they do have a third star, and his name is Karis Levert. Yeah. So high high expectations for uh, for my man Karis there. Forty three and a half. I'm going to go. I'm going to go slightly over. I think I think I think forty three is probably where they. Man, I'm gonna go over. I'll go over. I just think that um, I think they have a lot to prove, and I think that they actually those younger guys that they're getting they're a year older, they're a year better. Um, you, we, we joke about Spencer Dinwiddie, but he's actually pretty productive. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna go over, and I also believe in Kyrie Irving. I think they got worse, and I think that Kyrie picked a place that he wanted to go, so he's finally at a place. And look, he's a weird cat, okay? But like, no. he's in a place now that he chose to be, that he wants to be. That does a lot for like your attitude. And I'm not saying like he's out there tanking games for the Celtics, but like it goes a long way when you're happy at yeah. work. Kyrie's a guy for me that I feel like his will to win has a price tag. You know, there's guys that when they get drafted in the NBA or the NFL, like they feel like they've made it, they get that paycheck, and they just never kind of continue to progress. Kyrie, to me, just he's always sort of had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder coming out of Duke and having the injuries. He's had a lot to prove. I think I think now a comfortable Kyrie for me probably isn't isn't a good Kyrie. He's not a good teammate. Um, you know, we can debate that all day long, but I I think it's pretty. I I don't I don't know if any, you know the guys in Boston certainly didn't didn't care for him very much. Yeah. Um, I, I I would argue that the Nets. The the while Kyrie is probably probably a better player than D'Angelo Russell. Uh, <laughs> I wish everybody could see his face. I, yeah, I mean he's probably a better player. 
He's pretty good, right? He's probably not better for that team. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And a lot of the stuff that KD said when he signed there was, you know, the way these guys played together, this young guy, it's like, well, I mean, you kind of you kind of came and blew all that up. Like, that stuff's not even there anymore. Right. Um, so I get what you're saying, and that makes sense. But I just – dude, he's better. I ha- and I, He is better. He's better. So I, I emphasize probably because I was saying he's probably a better player, but he's probably not a better fit, right? I was just – I was doubling down on the probably. So I have them at under. Right, but it's not the same team as it was. I understand. You know? and, and I have them with the same record as the Hawks at 40 and 42. I have to get some side action with you after the pod. The Lakers, 50 and a half. Well, you got the Lakers going 81 and 1. Future NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers. So you have them going 81 and 1? Uh, actually, I have them going 82 and 0. Oh. Um, Shocking. I'll go over. Um, but again, I, I don't think it's a ton over. What was it, 51 and a half? 50 and yeah, a half. Yeah, I'm going over. 50 um, and a half. I think they're probably in that 55 range. I think they're, you know, maybe even a little bit lower than that, 52, maybe maybe that 52, 53 range. Um, but I, because again, you know, LeBron's playing 60 games. Anthony Davis is going to play 60 games. They'll stagger him enough, but th- those are the those are the two best players in the NBA right now. Um, I have them at 52. I have them competing for that third spot. In the West with uh, Portland and Utah, um, you know I look. I love LeBron. He's a member. He's like a member of my family. Um, did you did you say Portland? Yeah. Okay. Look, Portland's sneakily been the second and third seed the last two years. They're a good basketball team. They're getting. Um, they added a big locker room guy in Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, but you know that's depth. They're a good team. So I have the Lakers at fifty-two. I love LeBron, but I think this is the year where we start to see him regress. Is such a strong word. I mean, look, he's still a top two or three, four or five. He's still in the top five, but uh, you know, he, he's not. He, he's not the athletic freak that he used to be. You're going to start to see him post up even more than you did last year. Take more outside shots. Um, I just, I just don't. I don't know. We'll see. I, we'll see. The Cavs really like playing in the post. You know. So well, he's going to have to learn how to play. If he wants, part of the reason why he wanted to play with Anthony Davis is yeah. so he wouldn't have to play in the post. If he's gonna, if he's gonna play with Bronny, he better start. <laughs> he better start posting some dudes up. Because Bronny ain't. <laughs> no. No, Bronny's going to be doing all kinds of crazy shit, I'm sure. All right, hit me with the Cavs. 24. Under. <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's going to be a long year. Um, I'm not sure really what the – I just don't know what the direction is. I don't understand the beeline hire. I get it. Like, he works with college kids, and yeah. this is a young roster. But it's a wonky roster. Like, okay, you you sign love to that extension, and I'm assuming you did that so it would be easier to trade him. Yeah. Well, then he gets hurt, and he doesn't play – he doesn't play well, so you don't get the offer that you, the offers that you wanted last year. Well, now he looks like he's going to be healthy, but now you have a roster with Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Larry Nance, and then also Porter, guys like uh, K- KPJ. Yeah, and then guy. Yeah, he's going to be a. Stud. He is going to be a. Stud. But then you that's, that's going like, to be the steal of the draft, like Tristan and, and Kevin Love, who just don't fit. And then you have like no man's land, like 
Clarkson. Like, I don't, I don't know where he fits. Um, Did you see that picture on Instagram on social media? There was like um, um, some people were taking wedding pictures. No, like I didn't see in uh, in downtown Cleveland, and I guess Clarkson was walking through. <laughs> And just sat in on one of their wedding pictures. <laughs> so he had great. like shorts on. He's got all these leg tattoos. Oh, I so saw great. that this that's week. So, so he's a good dude. Like, I like him. Yeah, I think um, you know it's going to be. Uh, I think you're looking at a three way battle with um, Phoenix, the Wizards, and the Hornets. The Cavs, the Wizards, oh, and the Hornets are going to be for the worst in the East. I or just worse than the league. I think the Hornets are going to be historically bad. Yeah, they could be, and but I, I like I don't, I don't think that we're far behind. But the difference is, we're not, we're not a, a, a luxury tax team. Charlotte is. Yeah. Charlotte is. Yeah. They're horrible and they're maxed out. I saw some one of these uh, media outlets like Sports Illustrated or USA Today or something. That had Terry Rozier as their most improved player. Like, they're predicting Terry. Like, that to me is is nuts. I have the Cavs winning, you know, 20 games. I, I think they're under. I, I think they're going to win 20 games. I think there's enough bad teams in the NBA, and we have enough young talent. I, I don't, I'm not sure if John Beeline's... I think he'll probably be more in the Ty Lue mold, where he's not going to be all... He's going to try to go out there and win games every night. I just don't think John Beeline's going to be in the. I don't know. I heard him talk on the. He was on the Woj pod, and it was actually uh, no free ads, but I guess I'm going to give a free ad. Go listen to that podcast because it was pretty good. But uh, he uh, he actually sounded pretty grounded. I mean, he said all the right things, and uh, it actually made me like him a little bit more. But I'm I'm sure he's going to be frustrating. He's going to frustrate me. I think just from his rotations, he's going to try to win. He's not going to have consistent rotations. Um, you know, I'm a Michigan fan, so I've watched John Beeline. I mean, he, the teams always end up being good. They but do. They there do. is just a growth. There is a season-to-season season period of growth where you're frustrated and you have no idea what he's doing. But he's been able to get the most out of, um, you know, his guards, guard play especially. Yeah. He, he you know, he was able to turn Trey Burke. In, yeah, yeah, you know, like, so I, I think there's some opportunity there, but there's they're just not going to be good enough. So I got him at, at – 20 maybe 20 really what i'm hoping to gain from this year is a ton of minutes and experience for darius garland and i'm not gonna lie i'm a little concerned with how much he's banged up i think they're gonna bring him along slow but by the it'll sort of be like colin sexton i mean if you remember last year they were bashing colin sexton as a draft pick Mm -hmm. but by the end of the year his three-point percentage was up to 40 percent he was playing more minutes and he was actually incredible for a rookie to make that adjustment mid-season. Yeah. And I'm like, I am not the biggest Colin Sexton fan. I think most people know that. But um, I was really impressed by how he closed out the year. I think you will see a Played similar... Played also. I think you'll see a similar sort of timeline progression uh, with Darius Garland as well. So let's get into some individual players. I think that that's a good segue. Um, we'll do some over-unders on stats... Uh, where we think some of these guys are going to um, be at this year. I'm going to go right into it with the King, with LeBron, and we're going to go total points, assists, and rebounds. Last year, he was at 44.2. 
He averaged 27.4 points, 8.5 assists, or uh, 8.5 rebounds, and 8.3 assists. 44.2 total points, assists, and rebounds for LeBron, over or under. Wow. Um, all right. He, I do think he plays. He played 55 games last year. I do think he plays more games. Well, he than, was hurt. I know. I know. Um, and I don't think he's going to press as much as he did early on, which is very unusual for him anyway. But um, I'll go under. I'll go under because I I know he said this before. He said this in the past. You know, he wanted to give Kyrie the blueprint, and he started to give him the keys. And I think you saw a little bit of that for the first time in his career in that uh, 2015 or 2016 finals. You saw a little, you know, Kyrie went for 41 in that game five. And yeah. He didn't defer to him, and I don't think like he'll quote unquote defer to Anthony Davis. But I do think he's going to let Anthony Davis. Cook. He did have forty points in that game. Five, I, I know, so. I know. I'm well aware. And then a triple double in game six he, and game seven. Yeah, so. he followed up with another forty pointer and a triple uh, triple deke in game seven with the most historic block of all time. But uh, I'll go under because I just don't, yeah. I think I do. I'm I'm buying into that he he really he he brought Anthony Davis here to make it easier. No, I agree. I have the under as well. I think he'll score less points. I think he'll be in a 24 to 25 point per game range, which will be you know low for him. But I think he'll have more assists and more rebounds. I think he's going to do other things. I think his rebound numbers go down, and I think his assist numbers go up. I don't know. The reason why I like his rebound numbers is because it sounds to me like they're going to be playing him at point guard a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think just think there's going to be opportunities for him to get to get to get more loose balls and things like that. That's a good point. Russell Westbrook, three point percentage. <laughs> In twenty eighteen, he shot twenty nine percent from three. Ugh. He is a career thirty one percent three point shooter. Twenty nine percent over or under. Oh man. Um, these are good ones. These are really good ones. I told you. So last year he attempted 1.63 point attempts per game. He'll triple that this year. I do think he'll shoot more. I think he shoots four or five a game. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll. Uh, I'll go over. I think that he had. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He was. 5.6 per attempts last year. Oh, I, I, I'm looking. You're looking at his here. makes. Yes, one point. Yeah, it was 1.6 makes. Um, <clears throat> so I. Think, so I still think he'll shoot more than that. That's a good point too, but you know, playing there, I mean, I think he had one goal in mind. I mean, the guy wants to win, but I think he was like he was out for a triple double. Yeah, I mean, he was night. clearly patched that. Or and, he may, and he may still be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think like. But now that he's not the best player on his team anymore. So I think, not not to, not not even sure that he can hit open shots, but like he's going to get more of them, and it's going to be the game's going to be a little bit easier for him to play. So I'll, I'll go over. I'm going to go over. I think he's right at his career average of 31. percent Yeah, yeah. You know that D'Antoni offense has a tendency to make, except for Carmelo, uh, has a tendency to make players appear better than they actually are. He's kind of historically done that. Did you say except for Carmelo? Except for Carmelo. <laughs> Uh, well, he never was better with uh, D'Antoni. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll give him the over. I'll put him right at his career career per- percentage of 31%. So 2016 is interesting. Yeah. Most attempts, uh, second most attempts. 
of his uh, oh shit, his career at 7.2, and he actually shot 34%. So those that was the most he shot. He took the most threes that year and hit him at a higher clip. So I think that kind of lends to what we're saying. He was on his KD revenge tour that year. Yeah, that was the triple double year. You know, I don't know if he's got that level of motivation, but we'll see. Kevin Love, games played. In 2018, he played 22 games. In 2017, he played 59. So what I'm going to do is I'm we're not going to go off the 2018 number because he was hurt. We're going to go off the 2017 number of 59 games. You think he's over or under? Um, I'm going to go over. So you think he plays 60 or more? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that um, all of those come with the Cavs. I do think he gets traded, but uh, I think it's over. I'm going to go with under. I, I'm, I'm not totally bought into this Kevin Love trade thing. I was for a while there. I, I really thought that they would probably trade Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. I think, I believe that the Cavs believe that they're a lot closer than we think they are. So what I think they're going to do is anytime Kevin Love is banged up at all, I think there's going to be heavy load management on Kevin Love because I honestly think that they believe that they can compete as early as next year with another high draft pick. So if you have Sexton, Garland, another top two or three pick, you start to see this team. It becomes a, compender, a contender in that, in that Eastern Conference pretty, pretty quickly, right? Well, I think... He- I think the mold and what they're going for, as we talked about a little earlier, was was uh, you know they're, they're they're trying to mimic the Blazers. Yes, you know they they want that C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, and type. I think they have it. Uh, maybe. Look, it's not it's not a they're not you know biological they're not they're not you know Siamese twins or whatever, no, but it's no. maybe a biological twin situation. Yeah. Um, if if Sexton ever gets to C.J. McCollum levels, I'll be ecstatic but um i love big game dame you know that <laughs> so i don't think garland's ever going to get to that level uh, i think he'll he'll pass him i think i think garland's god you don't legit. you just don't you don't watch enough portland you don't watch enough blazers games yeah uh, i've seen him out there whining about getting snubbed from the from the all teams can, and plus everything he, else plus he spits hot fire oh, god. <laughs> but um but no, I think I think he'll go over. You I think, think he'll that, go over. Yeah, I think I think that he's healthy. Um, again, I talked about this with Kyrie, but like being happy at work, I think like he's in a good place mentally, and we know that he's had some issues on that. And I think being able to talk about him the way he has has been like really good for him. And I think that uh, you know he's more comfortable, and I think that all that stuff lends to just better better production. Better, yeah. you know. Kevin Love does does appear to be happy with the Cavs, mm-hmm. so. You know, he may do the Joe Thomas situation where they'll come to him and say, you know, we got a deal on the table. Do you want to go? And he'll say, no, I want to stick around. I want to be a part of this. So um, we'll see. But I have the under. I think he'll play 50 games or less. Giannis, field goal percentage. And I'll tell you why I think this is important. So last year in 18, he shot 57.8%. He's a career 52% shooter. Uh, What do you think? 57.8 57.8 over or under? Um, I'll go under because I think that he's going to start shooting some more threes. <laughs> That's exactly because, what I think. Because 
He just dunks now. Yeah, and you talk about, well, let's see here. Last year, 2.8 three-point attempts per game. That'll um, go up. The highest of his career. Um, and he shot 25%. And, you know, I think he'll I think he'll shoot a better percentage uh, from three, but I think he's also going to be taking... Yeah. He's going to be taking more, so it, I mean, you know it's got to come from somewhere. So I think that I think that that goes down. Um, I have the under as well. So Trey Young assists eight point one last year over or under. Wait, he averaged eight point one assists last year. Yes. Wow! You know he led the NCAA yeah, in scoring yeah. and assists. I didn't know that. Last um, year, he had 8.1 assists per game. Over or under? My God. <laughs> I, told you I, had, I told you I had good ones. That, were gonna that is you. staggering to me. You thought they were much lower? Yeah. yeah. I guess. I, I mean, I knew he was he a good He came passer. on at the end of the year. I there were some games passer. where he had in the mid-teens. I mean, he was having 15, 16 assist nights. I, I, wow. I guess I, guess I got to go. I'm going over. I'm going to go over. I knew. I mean, I knew he was a good passer. And kind of forgot that he had led the, the country in assists coming out. Um, I'll go over. I think it's. I think he's way over. I think it's ten plus. I think he has the opportunity to lead the NBA in assists this year. I think he's going to be one of those guys where he's going to like he's still going to jack it up from the logo and all that, take crazy threes like Steph does. But I think that he is thirty-two point four percent three points. Yeah, got bad, fix that. bad. Got to fix that. But I think that. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy for the next several years that either leads the league in assists or is right there. Steph, three-point field goal attempts per game. Over. <laughs> well, it was 11.7 last year. The last season before KD came, he was at like 11.5 a, a game as well. So he was right, last year. He was right at that same number as the last season that KD before KD came to Golden State. And he shot forty five percent that year. Yeah, um, been in the forties every year since. Every year in his career, what was the number? Eleven point seven. I'm gonna go over. I think that um, I think that they're at their best when he's doing stuff like that, and I think that he's just going to go hog wild. You know, they're. They're a team that got bored a lot over yeah. the last five years right. during the regular season. They had admitted to trying to get Clay those crazy 40-point quarters and, you know, just trying different stuff where, you know, like Draymond literally would not get into shape until March. And he would well, I don't know if that out. was part of the – I think that was just Dre being healthy. He's healthy right now. He's, Maybe. Have you seen him? Yeah, he looks good. He is in shape. He looks He good. looks kind of like you right now. <laughs> he, looks, he looks good. Old uh, uh, skinny mini. <laughs> So eleven point seven, yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll go over because I think he's just going to be. I think he's gunslinging this year. I'm going under, yeah. I, but just just barely. I think he shoots eleven. Yeah. There's other guys on that team that's that are, a lot. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And there's other guys on that team. I think Draymond shoots more. I think he's going to want to get more involved and kind of prove. Look, is he in a contract year this year? Yes. So, you know, he's going to be out there trying to prove things. D'Angelo Russell, if it's not this year, it's next year. Dre comes up in the next year or two. Um, you know, I think D'Angelo Russell's going to shoot a lot of threes. They have some other guys on that team that I think are going to shoot a lot. So I'm going to go under, but it's just barely. Somebody's taking Clay's attempts, though. Like, those are coming, and, and like, Steph is going to get 
Yeah, the other thing is once Clay comes back in March, I mean, there's a I'm couple not months. I'm not sold he's coming back. In March. I think he's going to come back. I really do. I think he's going to push to get back out there. Um, that team has something to prove. Yeah, his contract here for for Draymond. So there, there's that, and I think that team just has something to prove. So I think you're going to see Clay back as as soon as he can get back. You're looking Clay's yes, uh, last year, seven point seven. Yeah, I mean, can you see D'Angelo Russell taking seven a game? That's surprisingly low to me. Yeah. Um. So and it's actually what did he do in fifteen sixteen? Eight point one. I mean, so between seven and eight, can you see D'Angelo D'Angelo Russell taking seven or eight threes a game? Sure. Right. So that's my point. So I don't know if there's if there's going to be a big disparity there. Ben Simmons, a lot of ballyhoo in talk about Ben Simmons and his shoot a three coward. His, his newly formed. Uh, he actually hit a three in a preseason game. They went nuts. So we're just. <laughs> The French went nuts. Yeah. So what I'm asking you is how many three-pointers do you think that Ben Simmons is going to attempt in 2019? So in 2017, in 2017, he attempted 11. In 2018, he attempted six. We're not really doing an over. I guess we'll do an over/under. I mean, let, let's do an over/under on his on his, on his total. So his career total is 17. You think he shoots more or less this year? I think he, it, it'll be over. Yeah. I, uh, he's just going to now. I don't know if it'll be good or not. I no. do know that it'll be more. He's got that like left-handed. Like he's just got a weird. He's got to learn how to shoot for that. T- if if he can't shoot, that team's probably never going to win an NBA championship. 0 for 17 in his career. Yes, 0 for 17. So it can't get worse, right? Yeah, I think he'll hit a couple this year. Yeah, he will. And I think just from the reaction you saw from the bench that we just talked about when he did make the three in the preseason, they it's uh, it's present. It, to them. It's a storyline. Yes. It's a narrative within the locker room. And they're aware of it. He's working on it. So it's definitely clearly going to be more. You know, look. I don't even think he'll shoot one a game. He'll probably have a. I'll combine those and go double. Also, he'll 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 be in the thirties. Yeah, I mean that's I have thirty plus. Okay. I think he'll probably shoot, average about a half a half attempt a game, and he'll probably you know hit a, hit a couple. Kawhi and PG total steals combined. So in eighteen they averaged four combined. Kawhi had one point eight. Paul George had two point two. Total, you think they'll go over four? Uh, no, I'll go under. I'm going over. I think they're going to average five. I think that team's going to be scary defensively. Um, I think, okay. I think Philly's scarier. Defensively? Yeah. Mm. I mean, Horford's kind of whatever, but like, dude, they are so long. They are like, like they're just like trees out there. Like, yeah, but like their perimeter, like the Clippers' perimeter defense. They have the two best perimeter defenders in the NBA. What, Paul George and Beverly? Well, and and throw that little bulldog Pat Beverly. Look, Kawhi's the best all-around defensive player in the NBA. I forgot about Kawhi. <laughs> right? And and Pat Beverly. I mean, I forgot about Pat Beverly. That guy's a he's a maniac. And uh, Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell. He's got great shoe game. Um, you know, so I'm I'm going over. Darius Garland. 
three-point percentage. I'm glad you brought that up. Over. So Trey Young, hold on. There is no... <laughs> over. There's not an over-under. He hasn't played yet. Did you see... I'm give, Hold on. I'm giving comparisons. So Trey Young over. shot... <laughs> Like 32%. Darius Garland shot 47.8% in the couple games that he played last year in college. Steph shot 44% his rookie year. Just throw a number out there. Where do you think DG is going to be at based on those benchmarks? And Colin Sexton shot 40%. And so let's benchmark it off Colin Sexton, 40% over or under. I mean, I'll go over. I, I think he's in that like 41% range. I have him at 42. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's who he is. Um, I don't love – a lot of people are like drooling over his shot. I love it. I, I don't love it. I love it. I think he, I think it's, it's a little – it feels a little clunky to me. He'll, but he'll, he's, he's, able, he's able to get his shot so – so effortlessly like it just looks easy like i don't know if you saw the little sidestep he took um i did against one of those boston massacre games that we just played where um, we lost by 77 or whatever yeah and we lost to like their fourth teamers by like yeah. 25 um but he was able to just like free himself up so easy and get away i mean and he's still banged up you know he's still coming back off of a major injury and so. I, like i know i bang on dame and obviously everyone knows i hate steph but i think that he's <laughs> He's somewhere on that spectrum, I think. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. So, the last one of these, Garland or Sexton, more points per game. So, last year in his limited role in college, Garland averaged 16.2 points per game. Sexton averaged 16.7 points per game last year. Who do you think is going to average more? I think the NBA game is, is easier, is going to be easier for Darius Garland. Yeah. Um, I just think that... He's that. I think he's that special. I re- I just. I really do. And uh, special. Special. I think he is. So I'll go. With, I think you're special. I'll go with Garland. I think he's the best player on the team. I don't think he's the best player on the team today, but I think if you look by at this the end roster, of the year, yeah, I think if you look at this roster in a couple of years, you're gonna say, yeah, he was by far the best player on that team, and it's it's gonna. It, I'll go over. I think he's just gonna go through. Rookie. I'll go with Garland. I think he's just gonna go through rookie stuff. You know, rookie fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you is, know, he is banged up. He's coming back from a from a major injury. I think that him and Sexton, Garland and Sexton, are going to combine. Are going to average about thirty five points combined. Uh, which, but I think Sexton's going to average more. I think Sexton will average eighteen points. I think Garland will average seventeen. Um, you know, but I think we'll see those numbers go up every year. I think it's a good combo. It's a good duo. They're interchangeable. They can both play the point. They can both play the two. Uh, I really like what the Cavs have done there, but I think uh, Sexton will average more. I don't know. I'm worried about how they both kind of play off ball. It'll be interesting. We'll find out. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get into our awards predictions. We're going to predict our Rookie of the Year, our Defensive Player of the Year, and our MVP. Let's start with Rookie of the Year. Um, You know me. I'm a chalk guy. Um, He's already hurt. Pretty boring. That is interesting. Uh, He's already got a knee issue. Interesting storyline to follow. I think he'll end up being fine. I think he'll end up playing 60 games. 
Um, We're talking about Zion. We are talking. If if you're living under a rock, we are talking about Zion Williamson. Um, The college injury was a freak accident, something that I don't think I've ever seen before. And I don't think we'll see again for a long time. So I'm I'm not I'm not as worried about that. Um, So I'm going with Zion. I'm going to go with Ja. I, I think that the Pelicans are a better team. And I think that, you know, Zion's going to have a more clearly defined role on that team. And there's just better players around him. I think John Morant is kind of the the only the only star of the show down there in, in Memphis. I don't know. Jackson's pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's, he's okay. I'm going to go with John Morant as and my rookie you, of the year. Do you forget that they have uh, four, three-time champ Andre Aguadala? Yeah. I did not. I mean, I did forget, but I don't think that plays plays a factor in here. Defensive player of the year. Again, Chuck. (laughs) I went with Rudy. Um, He's a guy that really feeds off that chip, like being, like in his his eyes, or at least being perceived as being snubbed. Um, So I think he takes those things to heart and he, you know, he uses that stuff. And I think that. I really like what Utah did in the offseason, and yeah. I think that they're going to be really good, and, and I think that he's going to be the centerpiece of their defense, obviously, and yeah. so I'm going with Rudy. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. I, like I, I think Anthony Davis is a very versatile defender. I think that the Lakers are going to do something similar to what the Miami Heat used to do with, with uh, Chris Bosh, where they would sort of funnel everything down into the paint and sort of make teams yeah. score in the paint. And I, Anthony Davis is going to have an opportunity to rack up some stats. I think that he's got a chance. You know, the other guys, uh, Giannis, um, uh, Embiid, Gobert, Kawhi, I think there's some players out there that are going to have, have good opportunities. But the Lakers are going to have to – they're going to be on TV a lot. You know, there's just going to be a lot of opportunities for for him to shine, and I think he's I think he's out there to prove a point. You know, it's not that people don't think that he's a good player or anything, but I think and he's talked about being a complete player, and but also being in a small market. I think he's really, I mean, he's going to go one way or the other with this, and he's you know, so he's getting he's getting everything he wanted. He wants this big market, and he wants to be on TV, and he wants to be in you know the postseason. I have him as my deep boy. Got it. Finally, your most valuable player. <laughs> What's <laughs> that's funny to you? Well, it's I'm going it's with so it. obvious. What you? I, I just know you so well. I'm going with um. I'm going with Giannis. <laughs> no, you're fucking. You're lying. I swear to God. Okay. I'm going with Giannis. So you went chalk across the board. I did. I I, I looked at this. and I'm like, this is going to be the most boring set of predictions ever because it is just straight chalk but i looked at the rest and i couldn't find anything that that i really felt was was like good enough um i I do think that Giannis is turning into something that we've never seen before with that length and that athleticism um you know kind of like a longer more athletic if that's even possible lebron and i think he's kind of like the next evolution of 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 the play of the NBA player. Did he win last year? Yeah, he did. And uh, so I, I'm going. I'm going with Giannis. I, you know, I, I like Giannis. I, I think he's a really, really good player. The, the NBA does not like to hand out back-to-back MVPs. They just, they just don't do it. It's true. Um, I mean, you've seen Jordan and LeBron suffered from that. For yeah, a I mean, long time. in voter fatigue to, to a lesser degree. I think 
I, I hate to say it, but I think you've seen even James Harden suffer from that a little bit. Having never won it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Scar I'm, tissue without winning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I think that he's been right there, but they've given it to other players. I, I think it's maybe just his style of play or whatever. But I, my, my pick, I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi's got a, a point to prove. Um I don't think he's going to play the, 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 the low amount of games that you think he is. Mm-hmm. I think that he's going to be the best player on the best team. And if we've learned anything, uh, the NBA likes to reward that. Um, more so than sometimes they'll disregard, not disregard, but sometimes they'll minimize uh, gaudy stats for the best player on the best team. It's it's an argument that, that gets debated year after year. But I'm going to pick Kawhi as my MVP. I may end up regretting that. It's not a bad um, pick. I mean, I think when you come down to like a series, he's probably, and maybe not even probably, but the best player. Well, it's because he can want. do so much. And the other thing is, you know, when he locks down, a, he plays defense on the, on the best player almost every night. And he's not really going to... They, they can switch him and Paul George out. Well, he didn't really... It, in the finals last year, he kind of, he. I mean, it's hard to hide against the Warriors, anybody defensively, but he he did end up later in games switching to, you know, whether it was Steph or Clay or yeah. whoever. Um, but they did a good job. I think I think Nick Nurse is really underrated in this aspect, and maybe it was just Kawhi, but he they, they did a really good job of conserving his energy as much as possible. Um, where he didn't switch over to those until they really needed it. I think that team has something to prove, and I think they're going to be. Um, and, and the other thing I want to say, I'm just not bought into a lot of these former players and things like that that are on ESPN are talking about how LeBron's just going to go out and annihilate everybody this year. I'm just not totally bought into that. Um, I think LeBron is sort of content with where he's at in his career, and I just don't see him trying. I don't think he cares about winning MVPs anymore. I think he did um, in 2018, his last year with the Cavs. Maybe. Played all 82 that year, and he was kind of bullheaded on doing it. I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm playing 82, like, regardless. And he, w- I think he was out for the MVP that year and probably should have won it. I mean, he's, he's the best player in the league. Yeah. Playoff predictions. Let's go. Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, your finals matchup, and your winner. So, um, Eastern Conference Finals, I think we're going to get a great finals. Um, I think there's two really good teams in that conference. Two really, really good teams. So do I, but I have a feeling that the two that we think are good are different. We probably do. I wouldn't be shocked. But it's the Sixers and the Bucks. Um I just think that the Sixers defensively are are, are unreal. Uh, just just so long. Like the the only thing holding that team back from just like cruising to the finals, aside from Giannis, is uh, Brett Brown. I, I don't think he's a great coach. Yeah. I I don't think that he. I just don't think he's a great coach, and I think that that's going to end up costing them at some point. But um, I do have the Sixers versus the Bucks in the East. Okay. I have the Sixers advancing. Okay. Go ahead. Do the whole do the whole gamut. Um, the de facto finals in the West. Um, no disrespect to the Sixers, but uh, I have the Clippers and the Lakers. Same building. Uh, for no, seven, no travel. For seven games. Which, if that comes to fruition, could be a major advantage for whichever team advances. Yes. Uh, but uh, 
I do think it'll go seven games. And I think that the better team... <laughs> is that funny? I'm listening. I think that the better team with the better players comes out on top, and I have the Lakers winning in seven. Mm-hmm. And then I have the Lakers beating the Sixers in five. Okay. So my Eastern Conference Finals, I, I, the first thing I want to say is I think on paper the 76ers are... They seem like a good team. I think they're limited in a few different areas. Uh, I think Tobias Harris is is a good player. So I think there's an area where, and I think you're going to continue to see him get better. I think Al Horford is going to regress a little bit. Joel Embiid is is always one play away from, you know, being hurt. Um, you know, major issues with with Ben Simmons and in his overall game. So. My Eastern Conference matchup, I have Milwaukee and I have Boston. I think that Boston is going to be a team. They're they're going to be much better this year without the locker room issues. I think Kemba isn't that much of a um, isn't that much of a downgrade from Kyrie. I think he does a lot of the same things. Maybe not at the same level. You know, if Kyrie's a 10, Kemba's an 8, right? I don't think there's that much of a drop-off. Yeah, that's just 20%. I was going to say 15%. Right. Yeah. But I just don't think it's that much of a drop-off. So I have Milwaukee and Boston in the East. I have the Clippers versus the Nuggets in the Western Conference. I think the Nuggets are going to be a team that... You know, Denver's not necessarily a small market, but it's a team that I think often gets overlooked. I don't think people realize how good the Nuggets really are. I have them as the number one seed in the West. I have the Clippers advancing versus the Bucks, and I have the Clippers winning the NBA championship. Last but not least, one bold prediction. So I was going over this, and I came down, I settled on two bold predictions Um, and as I'm sitting there thinking about which one I'm going to go with I I was like Luke this isn't even a hot take or like a bold prediction you know they're just not that good the Warriors are going to miss the playoffs like that's not a bold prediction at all so for my bold prediction I have Steph Curry will not finish in the top three of the MVP voting that's it that's it My bold Warriors missing the playoffs. My bold prediction. I actually have two. Nikola Jokic, Jokic, the the Joker, will finish number three in the MVP voting. I like it. And Stephen Curry will finish number two in the MVP voting. (laughs) That is a laugh from our friend. We are. We are opposed on our Steph Curry stance. With that, we are going to wrap this episode up. Thank you for listening. Be on the lookout for... Also, Lawrence Frank needs new ties. They're awful. Jason Kidd, too. I forgot to hit on so that. Bad. Frank Vogel is the, 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 yeah, the, the stuff. Vogel. He's Frank out. Vogel. He'll be Frank gone Vogel. soon. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Listen, listen to our uh, MB, our NCAA midseason reviews and our NFL midseason reviews coming out in the next couple weeks. Everybody have a great day.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.